superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Rich Eisen. He is one of the all-time. Rich Eisen. Absolute friggin' great. This is the Rich Eisen Show. I don't see no competition. With guest host, Ryan Leaf. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Hey, Rich. Huge fan. Love your show. Listen to it every day. Thanks, brother. The Rich Eisen Show. Today's guests. ESPN NFL reporter Jeff Darlington. NBA analyst Rick Buecher. Oregon State head coach Wayne Tinkle. Plus Colts owner Jim Irsay. And now, sitting in for Rich, it's Ryan Lee. What's up, everybody? Back in the big chair. I feel like uh, this really isn't happening. It's like some delusional dream that the (laughs) pandemic has placed in me. 2020 was a brutal year. Brutal year. Uh, Welcome to the Rich Eisen Show, of course. I'm in for Rich. I'm Ryan Leaf. TJ Jefferson. I love this new edition. Yeah. How about that? Does this mean I can't putt during break, though? That's that's what I wonder. I mean, as long as we stay six feet away, you can come up here. Six feet away. Michael Del Del Tufo (laughs) on the ones and twos. And Chris Brockman, for some reason, Ryan, what's up, buddy? the question, what do you do here? Uh... Great question. I'm uh, I'm putting out a show lineup tweet. I so, like it. Today number guy. <laughs> sometimes I tweet. Uh, I'm a big proponent of Ryan Fitzpatrick for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Ugh. I've been doing that this week. I thought that you were actually uh, promoting me for that when the Ryan came out. So all right, um, we know where your loyalties lie. By the way, everybody, <laughs> I texted my friend here, uh, Chris Brockman, on what Tuesday. I'm sorry, it was during the show. Come You're on. right, it was during the show. Come on, it was Monday. It was Monday during the show. Yeah, I said, I hey, get, I can w- get the exact time. Would you like to go play golf after the show on Wednesday? Yeah. Nothing, anybody. Nothing. 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 Ten seventeen a.m. Right in the middle of the A block, an hour two. He I, put he put you on the pay no mind. No, look, come on, Brockman. I formally apologize. Thank you, Mr. Leaf, my friend. Uh, you know, it was during the show. We were doing some stuff. Dan was here. Uh, great two days with Dan Helly this week. And then you know, show, show, show. And then when it gets over, I go home. And then I'm in like crazy one year old dad mode, you right. know. And I just you know it got away from me. And it won't happen again. Well, you know what? I can understand a lot. When it comes to like Dan Helley's an attractive man. I'll tell so you what. If you were I mean, if you were like yeah. glamoured mm-hmm. by this <laughs> by this vampire, I guess I guess I mean, that look, makes sense. Ryan, you look great. Tremendous slouch yourself. Uh, lost seventy pounds. Congratulations. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. You You're going to see some archival fantastic. stuff. You're gonna see some archival stuff today because we have Indianapolis Colts owner Jim Ursay on the show. Yeah. yeah. Which is this now, if you remember correctly, a few years ago. Here this here the today's guest by the way Jeff Darlington going to talk some NFL stuff here in about 20 minutes Rick Buecher NBA Wayne Tinkle a unbelievable story about Oregon State and what they've done in their run in the tournament of course and then Jim Mercey at 2:20 Eastern 
I was on a few years ago and I brought in this Hunter S. Thompson yes. letter. Amazing. That he had written to his friend, Jim Ursay, about the 1998 NFL draft and how you cannot, for the life of you, you, you know, go out and draft Peyton Manning, who is a China doll. <laughs> draft the giant who can stand up to a beating for the first yes. couple of years. Strong. Strong. I was a, I was a uh, I was massive. That's just the way to put it. I, there was a lot of mass. You were to thick. Me. You were yeah, thick. I was a thick guy. Big arm, eighty yard bombs. Never, never had a six pack. Never had an ab, really. Um, <laughs> I mean, you had six packs back in those uh, days. Yeah. Probably because I drank a lot of those six packs uh, back in the day. That makes a lot more sense. Um, and that's why I think Hunter S. Thompson wanted me more. You know, and uh, so we're going to have him on the show and ask him. He has the authentic original letter too. Oh, by the way. How that did not see the light of day for 20-some years until I decided to come on the Rich Eisen show and um, not really there to promote anything except for, hey, here's you know Hunter S. Thompson writing about how I should have been a Indianapolis Colt. Good thing for the Colts and good thing they had Bill Polian at the helm there that they didn't follow Hunter S. Thompson's rules or thought process <laughs> and draft me. Um, because they got a pretty good one in, in Peyton Manning. I think he got, uh, he just it, got in the Hall of Fame, I think, a, right? He was all right. He's yeah. all right. I mean, he's fine. He's a good guy, too, so it's hard to be like, screw that dude. Right, you right, know? right, right. <laughs> I don't like him at all. If he was, if he was a jerk, I could, I could play that off, right? You know, most, you know, most athletes are, are great athletes, not great people, okay? He's, he's kind of one of those guys where you can root for regardless. Yeah, he's both. The Manning family's tremendous. Yeah. That's so. a heck of a class, by the way, too. It was. The Heisman Trophy class is what... That's the picture that I like. That's the one, right? That you throw up every year. I throw it up every year because I was waiting. Randy Moss got into the Hall of Fame a couple years ago. Yep. And I put it up and I said, look at this picture from the Heisman Trophy class. It was Randy Moss, myself, Charles Woodson, and Peyton Manning. And I said, look, these... There's three Hall of Famers and that other guy. But that's a cool-ass picture, boys. Yeah. It's amazing. So I throw it up every year because that might have been the best class. And somehow, some way, I finished third. I beat Randy Moss. How, do, how does that work, right? I, 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 know, was, I know how. You were really, really good. Thank you, <laughs> yeah. DJ. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes I forget that, you know. Sometimes I forget that. But I'm, I, I come on this show for uh, the reminder, because you guys, you guys, you guys remind me a yeah, lot. Yeah. So the '97 Heisman Trophy voting. Let's just throw this out there. Charles Woodson won. He had 1,815 points. He was tremendous that year. Seven picks. We all know the big punt return touchdown against the Ohio State. Peyton Manning was second, 1,500 points. Ryan, you were third, 861 points. Blew out Randy Moss. Randy Moss only had 253 total points. That's for the astonishing. Heisman. By the way. I mean, you were amazing that year. 4,000 yards, 34 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Randy Moss was tremendous, too. 96 catches, 1,820 yards, and 26 touchdowns. That's ridiculous. For Marshall. Also on this list, rounding out the top 10, Curtis Enos from Penn State. Yep. He was amazing. Ricky Williams would later win the Heisman Trophy. The next year. Was fifth. Tim Dwight from Iowa. Remember the wide receiver, Tim Dwight? Cade McNown, UCLA's quarterback, Tim Couch. Uh, eventual number one overall pick from Kentucky. And Amos Zaraway was 10th that year from West Virginia. West Virginia, Amos. right? Yeah. Amos. Yeah, Amos Zaraway. I remember. That's a, that was a heck of a class. The trip was amazing. I got to go to New York. Well, first of all, my dad and I, we flew to Orlando to do the college football 
award show yep. down there. Yeah. And uh, I was up for you know all the the Maxwell or the Maxwell the Davy O'Brien and, and when you're when you're up against Peyton Manning for all those awards you never you're not you ever not going to win any of them. <laughs> so, but I got to experience this. I had a video camera my parents bought me, and I'm just filming everything, and I'm meeting all these players that I only saw on TV, or so cool, so cool, and I'm recording everything, and then. After that's done, my dad and I hop on a plane and we fly to New York and to the authentic, original downtown athletic club before right. 9-11. And, yep. and uh, it's this old, um, real, like feels like a hotel almost. Yeah. Essentially it is. It's, it, and they put us up in rooms and everything. And the, the room that the original Heisman Trophy was awarded in, terribly tiny. There's wires running everywhere for the ESPN. <laughs> I mean, it's, you're just smashed in there. Uh, my coach got to be there. I knew I wasn't going to win the award, right? I, I always knew I wasn't going to win the award. Wasn't, uh, there wasn't any expectation. I expected Peyton Manning to win it. I think like most people did. Yeah. The only defensive player ever to win the award that year, Charles Woodson. Unreal. Uh, Peyton Fatigue, you know, decided to come back for his senior year. Yep. You know, played exceptionally well, though I did lead the nation in passing, by the way. I found that out about a week ago. Doing a radio show. Oh, really? Yep. News to me. Very happy to know that. It's notch on the uh, on the belt there, I guess. Um, and and then Randy Moss, with what he did statistically, he was the best college football player that year. Oh. I really believe that to be the case. If he doesn't go to Marshall, if he's at Notre Dame or Florida State, which right. is where the couple places he would have was looking to go to, he's he's far and away the the guy. So, but I knew I wasn't going to win. I had heard that Peyton and his family had rented out a restaurant to celebrate after the, the fact. Well, don't get me wrong. I would have loved to have won it, been there, had the trophy, all the things. But Charles had to stay there and do all the media, um, you know, sign autographs, do all the things. I guess that's not too bad of a deal. But I, Peyton had to go to this restaurant. Now, Randy, if you recall, would not take off his Oakley sunglasses that night. <laughs> yeah. He was having a, like an anxiety attack. He's right. told us. And it was, uh, he was having a real hard time with it. And I wish I would have known then. I would have put my arm around him and like tried to make him feel more comfortable yeah. with the situation. But um, I knew I wasn't going to win. Mike Price, the head coach at Washington State, and I, we went to Saturday Night Live afterwards. <laughs> Jack Nicholson was the host with Helen Hunt. Oh, as good what? as it gets had just come out. They were promoting it. Oh. And it was amazing. Got to sit up there uh, um in, in the studio there at Rockefeller Center and watch Saturday Night Live. And then afterwards, I went to this local bar called the Town Crier, and all the former winners were there, and the ESPN crew, so there's Chris Fowler and Kirk wow. Street and everybody, and I go behind the bar and I start bartending with Gino Toretta. <laughs> My so, goodness. <laughs> so I'm bartending with this Gino is, Toretta. This is incredible. And then I see the coolest thing in the world. My dad, who I thought was incredibly old at the time but he was 47 so he's three years older than i am right now so wow. it's a, if i had like my, my son was up for the heisman trophy at this point in my life i'm i'm partying like a rock star <laughs> yeah, right? absolutely. well he's in the back he's in the back surrounded by all these former winners all the guys he looked up to and and so it's giving me goosebumps right now I, awesome. i'm uh watching that play out and then about like two in the morning i look up and like he's gone so my dad like left his 21-year-old son at a bar in New York uh, 
I don't know what the hell he's doing. <laughs> but I'm like, okay. So I, I get back to the, the, the downtown athletic club. I walk in the front door, the revolving doors, like, like uh, in old New York. And all of a sudden I walk in and I hear this music. And I look and there's a piano in the middle of the lobby. And there are all these former winners. There's Mike Rogier, There's Archie Griffin. There's Tony Dorsett. There's a bunch of the four horsemen from Notre Dame. All surrounding this piano. And they're all singing karaoke. And right in the middle of them is John Leaf. <laughs> oh, man. That's fantastic. Wow. Till this day, it is absolutely the <laughs> coolest thing that football celebrity has ever given me. Amazing. That's that what my, great. That man. my dad got to experience that, that night. And still to this day, when I tell that story, it gives me. Uh, that is so cool. I've never heard that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, away we went. Um, you know, we went back home, prepared for the Rose Bowl. And uh, the rest is history. But that, that's special. Uh, the Mannings were amazing to my family. Um, you know, Archie and Olivia were there. There's a picture of my brother Brady, who was, I think, 10 at the time. No, he was 13. And Eli, who was 15, sitting next to each other. Oh, wow. And they would, Eli would go on to play for the Ole Miss Rebels. My brother would go on to play for the Oregon Ducks at quarterback. Both of them. I mean, it's. The pictures, it's crazy because the haircuts on both Eli and my brother are horrendous. <laughs> and the, the outfits their mothers put them in, like my brother's wearing like a, a horizontally striped shirt with a vertically uh, striped uh, tie. So he always calls on mom whenever that happens to say, what did you put me in on national TV, mother? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'm trying to find some of these. That, that thing with your dad, though, I found this, you know, as I get older in life, I, I start to realize things that you do that make you happy are great. But anything you can do that, like, kind of makes your parents happy and you can, like, see that, there's really nothing quite like that. And I think it was the last time I really – well, when we went to the Rose Bowl, um, you know, I, I, I cared a lot about my teammates and other people. But I think it was one of the last times that I ever really remembering – making it about or thinking about somebody else like the narcissistic personality kind of took over once the draft type came and it was all mm-hmm. about me and then when i crashed and burned so so horribly in the nfl the defensive nature of myself i it, i didn't allow myself to think of other people it's one of those and maybe that's why it's so palpable that moment because it's one of the last ones that i remember like like that night should have been all about me, mm-hmm. but I talked about every one of my offensive teammates when Herb Street interviewed me. I named off all ten of the guys on the starting lineup on on offense because it was really about them. And then I and then the night about my dad. But then from that point on, like I I, I watch some of the interviews I did during the Rose Bowl, and you could just see like the douchiness <laughs> of me coming out. Like it literally. They ask me if I'm going to watch the Michigan State-Washington game, and I'm like, why am I going to watch those losers, you know? <laughs> wow. Just kind of that, that flippant attitude, and it just kept kind of carrying over and carrying over. And it will be interesting, it will be interesting to talk to um, Jim Mersey and, and hear what he, what his, like what he was thinking at that time, what things were being relayed back to him. Was, was he hearing those things, you know? Was he hearing that I was kind of this jerky guy, but – you know, the arm strength and the size and everything was just something that he he wanted more than anything. Yeah, that's too, too sexy to overcome. You know? yeah. uh, it, it, it should be pretty interesting uh, on what that will look like. Um, Jeff Darlington is going to join us 
here in a few minutes, and we're going to talk about the Deshaun Watson situation. We'll be right back. You're watching The Rich Eisen Show. I'm your guest host, Ryan Leaf. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show. I am your guest host today, Ryan Leaf. Rich is out uh, probably on the golf course somewhere, I'm assuming. <laughs> Let's hope so. He's he deserves the break. You know, he has been he's been working his tail off for a long time during this this uh, COVID pandemic. Um, we're gonna talk to Jeff Darlington here in a minute. Uh, about all things NFL, but one of the main ones and the one that's engulfed the NFL over the last, it, it, it really since Deshaun Watson said he was no longer wanting to be a part of the Houston Texans organization. It's been the main topic, but this twist comes into play here in the last couple weeks and the mounting sexual assault allegations that keep cropping up all over the country, not just in Texas now. I'm seeing them in California. And uh, I want to really get into this with uh, NFL Insider. ESPN NFL Insider uh, Jeff Darlington joins us right now to talk a little bit about all things NFL. But first, Jeff, welcome to the show. And I wanted to ask you, the mounting uh, accusations that, that continue to come out. Yeah. I mean, everybody who covers the NFL like this has to be in complete shock that something like this has landed at the feet of Deshaun Watson right now. Well, absolutely. I mean, I think the, the word that you just used uh, is probably the twist, the twist that the, this, this has sort of created uh, for what is already the biggest storyline of the offseason is just uh, so unfortunate. And the thing, when I say unfortunate, it's unfortunate either way. Like, it is unfortunate if this is, these are fabricated allegations. This is unfortunate, obviously, if they are not fabricated. I mean, this impacts Deshaun Watson's future, an organization's future, and let us not forget, of course, um, those who are alleging uh, these crimes. So I guess... The way I look at this is, yes, obviously we are shocked that Deshaun Watson's name is being mentioned with allegations like these, but, um, but at the same time, we can't let that sort of, I guess, completely change the way that we look at this, the way that we, I guess, maintain patience on both sides and, and sort of see how this thing plays out. 
Jeff Darlington, uh, ESPN NFL reporter here, talking about the Deshaun Watson situation. The now, I'm not a conspiracy theory uh, theorist, but a few weeks ago, I was just like, you know, is there a hand in here from the Texans in terms of when it was a story that came out on Instagram and everything like right. that? But the mounting allegations seem right. to be like it's a predatory process and the cancel culture that we're living in right now makes me want to think that a no one's going to trade for this guy and why would you with these kind of things going on and whether or not Deshaun Watson actually ever plays another down in the NFL because of it I understand we got to let things play out in the courts but I mean where we sit now in our culture in our country there's a good chance that we don't see Deshaun Watson playing football ever or for a long uh, extended period of time well, and that's where I think so. So, two things. First of all, I, I mean, look, I, I've got friends. You know, we we can't be naive to this. Like, I got friends who ask me all the time about stuff that you know entails my work life, where they're like, "Hey, do you think the Texans? Do you think this is right. like to your point? Like, do you think the Texans did this?" Like, I can't wrap my head around that. Person. I just don't understand the like. I always look for motivation and incentive. Um, I mean, I, I guess we could we could spitball on it, but like, I, I just don't understand why a team that ultimately has to at least be recognizing that uh, a trade is the most likely resolution is, is they just kill every bit of leverage that they would have had. Now, if this isn't resolved fully a week before the NFL draft, which is when I talk to executives, the target date of when the Texans are anticipated to actually start fielding calls for a trade. Um, I mean, if this isn't resolved by then, like, how do they move forward? It just, it, it changes the whole complexity of what was already such a touchy subject. Uh, so, so I don't believe that it, it, it does benefit them to have done this. Uh, so I, I, don't, I don't subscribe to that notion. But to, to, that, to that same point about the timeline I just laid out, like, do I think that we'll see Deshaun Watson um, play football again? I have no idea. And the idea that, 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 that we're having that conversation right now in March um, is just mind-blowing. Uh, it, just, it just literally twists my head up to where I don't, I don't know what happens next. I don't know what happens next. Jeff Darlington joining us, ESPN NFL reporter. That's kind of the question I wanted to ask, like, what's next? Um, yeah, they, no, I, I feel you, man. Do they, I mean, they, they went and got Tyrod Taylor. Uh, from the uh, uh, Los Angeles Chargers, who was who was up and for like twelve million, twelve and a half million dollars. So yeah, yeah. it's a significant amount of money. In all likelihood, they expect uh, Tyrod Taylor to, as of right now, when we're going into into uh, mini camps and things like that, he's he's most likely going to be the guy until we have some sort of resolution um, in the Deshaun Watson scenario. Well, and that's, that's the thing, the fluidity of this situation. First of all, I kind of view the Tyrod thing. I understand that that, that feels like a, a lofty price um, for a backup. It, it, I kind of view it the way I viewed Andy Dalton going to the Cowboys last year, which was not that he was going as a leverage play for Jerry Jones in those negotiations, but rather uh, a really solid backup who is uh, perhaps unexpectedly available on a one-year deal where it does provide you security, but even if it's not an insurance policy, it's also a good backup if things work out. So 
that being said, um, I still I, I still look at the the timeline here. I mean, it could all like I look at the uh, the comments yesterday for the statement that that Deshaun Watson's uh, attorney put out yesterday, and I look at that and, and uh, he says that he's got proof that one of these allegations is is a lie. Right. So my thing is, you've got the attorney of those alleging the crime, and you have the attorney of Deshaun Watson both saying they've got this evidence. Well, I feel like on either side, this thing could either fall apart or or get even um, even stronger legs based on what that evidence is. I mean, if we see this evidence all of a sudden, it's like, you know, the news cycle could literally just change to where, wow, Deshaun Watson literally was was part of one of the, one of the most horrible, um, you know, Ray Donovan cover-ups, yeah. yeah. Yeah, character assassinations we've ever seen. That being said, like, there are a lot of allegations right now There's against too many. Him. So it's, it's just, oh, man. Yeah. Like, I, I just, I don't know how we got here, but I, I will say, like, I think it was like a week ago, I'm starting to look at this thing, and you can feel that snowball effect start to happen. Like, right out of the gates, everybody was like, oh, Deshaun Watson, there's no way. And and I'm not saying, um, um concluding anything but i was starting to look at it like man this is not going to go away anytime soon like this is go- this is here to stay for the off season and uh, and and again it comes back to the same thing i said ryan i don't know where it ends i have no idea what happens next and at no point do we want to uh conclude that that these allegations aren't absolutely um problematic and yeah, important either way yeah either it, way that's yeah, that's either way. Uh, that's an important thing hey, to Ryan, do. This is horrible. Yep. Either way, whatever the outcome of this, it is, it, is, it is horrible. It is a horrible outcome, whichever way this thing goes. Well, you know, when the offseason started, I wanted to, uh, you know, dive into the Wilson-Watson watch every single day until yep. this thing's resolved, yep. you know. So how is the dissipation of the Wilson side of this, Russell Wilson, uh, he's making some announcements now, says he wants uh, Antonio Brown in, in Seattle sometime soon. Uh, does this mean that the idea of Russell Wilson being somewhere else next year is yeah. not something that fans should be looking at anymore? No. anything, it points me more toward the idea that he will not be on the roster in 2021. I just, I don't, it, this doesn't feel... Like it feels too public at this point. Um, when we we went years in the Tom Brady Bill Belichick relationship, like every time any suggestion of tension came out, we all blasted it, or many blasted it, and suggested no way they're fine. Um, and it wasn't always fine. They got through it. But when it starts to go public, you realize, wow, the depth of this is much. It's, you know, think about like Jared Goff and Sean McVay. Like a year ago at this time. Were we really thinking like that that was ending in, in such a fast-paced divorce? Um, so when I translate all that to Russell Wilson, like, I don't know, man, I just, it, it still doesn't feel like we're headed toward Russell Wilson in week one in Seattle. And, and that's, that's just kind of based on, yes, what I know in terms of where that relationship is at. It doesn't feel like there's some kumbaya thing going on where they figured it out. Um, but that is also just a little instinctive, sort of perspective on on what we've already experienced with other quarterbacks out there wow uh jeff darlington espn nfl reporter kind of 
you kind of took me back there a little bit because I really thought it was trending in that other direction. That I mean, that, there's an incredible cap hit that Seattle would take getting rid of him, but they're willing to take that on to rebuild. I don't, and... I, look, I mean, it got it got it, it got close with the Bears. Like, yeah. I think we all recognize like that got closer than yeah. And I I refuse to believe that that Pete Carroll just sort of backed off and said, you know what, Russ is my guy. Like. When have we heard anything about Russ, Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll basically, you know, coming out and saying, man, we're, we're in this together where this is, you know, our fight to fight. It hasn't been like that. So, again, like, I'm not trying to, like, stir it up or anything. I'm just inclined to sort of continue to follow these tea leaves that are out there, which is not suggesting that, um, I mean, if, if look, what happens if Antonio Brown doesn't wind up in Seattle? Like, I, I, I just... I think there's so much to play out between now and the draft, let alone the start of the season, that I don't feel like the Russell Wilson situation has reached any sense of conclusiveness. All right, let's get you out of here with a couple uh, um, bookkeeping stuff with the NFL. Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter here on the Rich Eisen Show. I'm Ryan Leaf filling in for Rich. Um, The NFL draft, okay, when this came out, and we were told they were going to do it in Cleveland yeah. uh, with some sort of fan interaction. Right. What what was your thought process on the, us? And I've, I've been an outspoken person around whether or not, you know, sports should have been played in a worldwide pandemic. But I don't I don't necessarily know if this is the best uh, thing to do while we're kind of coming right. to the end of this. Also, after what went down last year. And what we saw in terms of a bunch of those uh, high-drafted players at home with their families, I right. think we might see more of that in the years to come. Yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, I think that that was definitely – I can't decide if that was a – like, I think we all really enjoyed it, that peek into sort of – into those worlds. And right. we, like, ESPN, for instance, has always had, like, living room cams. Last year it was just – it felt much more intimate because it, there was, it was so – it was literally every pick, especially the high ones. Um, and seeing the GMs in their houses and Cliff Kingsbury, I mean, there were so many great moments. <laughs> I don't know if that was sort of a flash in the pan, like it was kind of a fun trend and now let's get back to normal. I don't know. But by the way, to your point, one of the things I think the NFL has done well, um, and wherever you stand on it in terms of whether sports should, you know, like what, what has happened so far, I thought that they always at least created a plan. They had a plan in place so that if they got to that point, like, the worst thing in the world is to not have a plan, then get there and be like, wow, there's a really good portion of our population that's vaccinated. We could have these vaccinated people be at the draft and feel pretty safe about it. Um, now, I'm not trying to sit here and say that'll be the case, but if, if that turns out to be the case, at least you have put the wheels in motion to where you can pull it off. Yep. Um, you know, so I, I just, I don't know, I, I commend the NFL on, on continuing to operate as if things will happen and then as needed scale back to maintain public safety. And I think, look, I mean, was this season not a success? Unbelievable. In that regard, I think yeah. it was pretty unbelievable. It is. Jeff Darlington, everybody, from ESPN, NFL reporter. Jeff, thanks for taking the time with thanks, me today. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate you it, bet. man. Good talking, dude. You bet. So, I, the Russell Wilson stuff for me is – it was a little bit shocking. I, I had I kind of heard, I thought that thing had passed a little bit, but he feels pretty darn comfortable saying that he doesn't know if he'll we'll see three out there that's lining up for the Seahawks. That's so crazy. I, I, 
I still don't think it's a. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think so. Either. I don't think it's going to happen. What type of deal and who has the assets to go for it? We we've seen the reports of what Chicago threw out there. That seems like a lot to me. And the Seahawks were like, "Get yeah, thanks, no thanks. Come back stronger." So, what team kind of has all of that, you know, firepower to go get Russ? I, I don't think there's many. I think it would be unbelievably asinine for the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> yeah, to that, get rid of there's that part of it too. Yeah. To get rid of a quarterback, I don't. I mean, it, is the is the dysfunction so? Is it is it so toxic that like you you don't even talk to one another in the in the facility? Now I understand that because I I felt that right. Yeah, I, I would walk into the San Diego Chargers facility and I had n- not one positive relationship with anybody. Now, largely on my part and how I behaved, but. It's reciprocal and kind at some point, and I understand how toxic that gets. I mean, I was on my damn honeymoon when they cut me, and we popped open bottles of champagne. We were so excited we were leaving, you know? <laughs> so, and I'm sure him and Sierra might do that if that's really what they want. But you can't let – that's all you ever look for in the draft. That's all you ever look for is a franchise quarterback. They yeah. got him in the third round. Oh, Run this back. Fix your defense, Pete. Get some offensive line, Betty. Russ has said he's sick and tired of being hit. Hey, just want to be protected a little bit better. Great. You know what? You know, they brought TJ in now that I'm here to protect me a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> right? Don Bowie listens to what I say when I'm guest hosting. I said I didn't feel protected enough for my right side. <laughs> I mean, it's important. <laughs> right side, strong side. Yes. Yes. And, uh, and so they listen. I, TJ. They, the Seahawks <laughs> just need to listen in this situation, this scenario. Uh, to backtrack a little bit from where we started at the beginning of uh, the Deshaun Watson uh, situation, it, it has become all-consuming, and the NFL, it's the worst thing the NFL could have happen. They like the, they kind of like the conversation around maybe Deshaun going somewhere else, right? right. That, that right. brings in nuance to other teams, and then you bring in the criminal civil actions that could come now to a face of the league. It's rare... You know, you have, you know, off, you know, offshoots of players that get themselves in trouble. But Deshaun Watson is a face of the league, right? And these kind of allegations are extremely serious, need to be taken that way. You're going to have people from both sides of the argument saying he's being, he's being set up to he's a terrible person. All of these things. Um, we have to let play out. But it's so interesting to hear from some of the experts in the field about we have no idea where this is going to go. Zero. And right now, Zero. from the NFL aspect of things, he's a Texan. No one's going to you, – you, you can't want to trade for this guy with the baggage because if you do, you're going to be – the PR hit you're going to take that you're going to be like, oh, we're, all about win- we're all about winning, not women. And that is the last thing any team in this league needs. They've proven they, they can do that, though. We'll wait to see if somebody actually stands up and tries to trade for a guy who's going through. What's the, what's the, what's the case count now? 16? 18? Yeah, I think 16. Yeah, 16. It is, it is unbelievable. Um, when we come back, um, uh, why don't you give us a call? one 204 rich one 204 204 Rich. You're listening to the Rich Eisen Show. I'm Ryan Leaf. We'll be right back. 
What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show. Rich is out. Uh, my name is Ryan Leaf, and I'm filling in. Uh, how hey, am I doing? Hey, hey Ryan Leaf, what's up? How am I doing? Hey, am I doing Ryan, all right today? Doing all right. Leaf. It's been a while. Okay, it's been a while. Next, uh, we're going to get into your Twitter poll here in a second, but I just wanted to uh, address 2020, right, and the year that it was. Yep. For somebody like myself that was going in a direction, I felt like you know, reaching goals, doing things. I was coast, I was guest hosting here. I was on ESPN and then COVID hits in, in March and I'm pulled off the road. It's about where you go from there. And I saw a picture of myself and I was angry and bloated, I thought in the picture. So, you know, you choose the next right thing. I started eating, went to a nutritionist. I'm home every day so I can eat differently. And like you pointed out, I'm 75 pounds lighter ooh, than I was baby, last time I was here. How about amazing. that, man? Is it amazing. is unreal. And it's been all food. No gyms have been open. So yeah. I'm not able to go work out or anything. Right. Try to walk every day. Yep. Play as much golf as I can. Thank you to uh, to MacGyver's mom for letting me uh, get out on the golf course because that's been a lifesaver too. But uh, watching the Rich Eisen show and watching uh, some of the fun you guys have had uh, gives it levity. And this is one of those things. The Breakfast Club came out... How many years ago? Okay, so the Breakfast Club, it's it's not the anniversary of the release of the Breakfast Club. It's the anniversary of the day in the movie that the movie takes place. March 24th. It's the yeah. day of detention. March 24th, 1984. So we were kind of talking pre-show, and we, we threw this out there. We tweeted it out. And, and give us a call with your detention group, 844-204-RICH. Who's your Saturday detention group? It's you and one each actor, athlete, musician, sportscaster. All right, so let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. So we got actor. Actor. So, here, so here's just one person. One person responds. All right. Uh, at Dogs Fan. Actor, he went The Rock. Athlete, LeBron James. Musician, Nikki Six. And sportscaster, Al Michaels. That sounds like a pretty fun detention group. Not going to lie. Oh. Actor, athlete. What, what else? Broadcast? Musician. Musician and broadcaster. And, and, huh? and sportscaster, yeah. Okay. You can take your time, think about it. And if you got yours, like I said, give us a call, 844-204-RICH. Now, Mike, you were saying you've got one already. I got mine already. You got yours already. And I just switched one of them because somebody just used mine. So I'll change. I oh, someone that. took Al Michaels? Somebody took Al Michaels, which is like he's my favorite. Okay. All right, so what do you got, Mike? Pacino, Brady, Bono, and Gus Johnson. You're putting Tom Brady in there. Yeah. Tom Brady would be fun to just hang in that detention. You've never said a positive <laughs> word about <laughs> Tom I, Brady I, I do, until I do November. Have to say something, Del Tufo, right? Yes. Um, you you just picked Gus Johnson over Rich Eisen. I'm just you're. Well, I've hung with Rich a long. I've, I've had enough. <laughs> he gets rich every day. Yeah. Yeah, Even had, if somebody from out of nowhere yeah. picked Al Michaels, you know, it, it don't mean, don't feel don't feel threatened. It's a safe space here. <laughs> 
I mean, it's definitely. A safe I do. Space. Al Michaels would be number one, but <laughs> Gus is a good. Ha- I mean, he's a good. It would be either one. Gus but, sounds like he would be a good hang. Yeah, these guys are. We're getting in trouble in that group. Like that group with me involved, we're there's well, I mean the breakfast they were trouble. Exactly. You know, we're going to <laughs> so another level of trouble. That's why you're there. They yeah, Mike, you're in attention. I mean yeah, Bono, yeah. Bono used to climb the sides of stages. So you know that there's crazy stuff going on with Bono. All right. True, true. So this is this is interesting. So actor. Actor for me. Yeah. Um Kurt Russell. Oh, Ooh, nice. Nice. I'm gonna go Kurt Russell because um I've stolen his monologue in Miracle when I was coaching football. Yeah. You know, what, what's funny is when I did it to my kids, when I was coaching the kids and I gave them that speech from, from Miracle, like they got pissed at me. Like when I said, if we play them 10 times, they might win nine. And like four of them jumped up and like tried to strangle me. Like, they ain't going to beat us nine times. <laughs> but Kurt Russell's done a, you know, from, from you know, from Quentin Tarantino movies to being Santa Claus to, yep. uh, you know, go, go all the way back to Overboard. Tango and Cash. Come on, Tango and Cash and uh, Big Trouble in Little China. That, yep. yeah. you know, that that for thing. me is, um, thing. He's, he's amazing. So Kurt yeah. Russell's my my guy. So Kurt, if you're watching this, that's pretty good. You know, I know you live in L.A. You just turned like 70 something the other day and you still look great. Uh, you know, I, you know, I'm down for a detention Saturday if you're in. All right. <laughs> he did, he did just turned seventy. Anybody, anybody uh, uh, chiming in from oh anywhere God. else? Yes, we got a lot of good responses on Twitter. People are coming in, uh, coming in pretty hot. Here's one: Jason Bateman, Mike Tyson, Dave Grohl, Ooh. and Scott Van Pelt. That's pretty fun. Yeah. I don't think I could in this game. I don't think I could mention somebody I've met because I've already spent time with them. This would have to be somebody I've never yeah, yeah, interacted sure. with, sure. so it would be interesting. Well, so, that was the point of the whole Breakfast Club, right? These were people from all kinds of different that never you hung know, out. clicking groups in high school that never hung out. I do think Molly Ringwell and uh, um, Emilio Estevez's characters hung out because they were kind of like the popular They were kind of the cool yeah, kids. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. He was the big-time athlete, right, the wrestler. Right, and she was she like was the popular the, gal. Right. How about this one, Mike? This one sounds pretty fun. Bill Murray, Magic Johnson, Bruce Springsteen, and Bill Raftery. Oh, yes. I like that. Onions! This is from uh, Sean McKeon, I like that. McCown on Twitter. I like that one. Okay, so... This is a fun game. Like I said, give us a call, 844-204-RICH, with your uh, Saturday detention group in honor of the Breakfast Club. One each yourself, actor, athlete, musician, and sportscaster. TJ, you got yours yet? I'm still I'm still. I know, thinking, I'm, still I'm probably going to have mine by hour two. I'm still this trying is tough. To, I'm still trying to think about mine. Well, athlete... Um, you know, I've had, uh, I've had a ton of interaction. Shaq has been. Oh, Shaq would be fun. Shaq would be, <sighs> Shaq would be fun. Shaq would be a blast. Shaq, right? Shaq would be really great. Shaq. Or Barkley. It could be. Or Barkley. But those it, guys fit both groups. They're sportscasters yeah. and right. Yeah. And right. So let's go, Tiger. Tiger Woods. Like okay. okay. Let's go, Tiger Woods. Now I have met Tiger. I've had conversations with him, and but I don't think they were, they were ever. I think I was in such awe when I was meeting him. Yeah. And like the last time I saw him, I at Riviera locker room, I was like accosted him in the corner and just like had to tell him how proud I was of him. And I can't just imagine when he walked away and like talked to his caddy or his manager. Like, I don't know if that's a good thing or not. If Ryan Leaf's telling me he's <laughs> proud of me, but I'm gonna just pass on this know. right now. All right. I don't so know what's happening right? All right. Now. So Tiger is my number two. That's a good one. Well, I'd, I'd want, I'd want. You know, it seemed like all the guys in the breakfast, all the the, the characters in the Breakfast Club like became really vulnerable with one another. Right. I would love the vulnerable Tiger Woods. 
the true like did all of you guys watch the HBO Max yes. documentary? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. It was incredibly relatable for me. Like the video they had of of him when he was arrested in in the jail cell too. The, the jail one. that for me cuz I remember guys sitting down on it like knowing like what's going on. I don't know if he really knew what was going on. It looked at that point he kind of like figured out like okay, everything's going away yeah. and it's it's um, so I could really, but what I gleaned from that documentary was everybody who, who commented in it are no longer in his life. There are people as far back as his girlfriend in high school to yeah. his, his slighted caddy to, you know, everybody. There's no one in his life and his voice isn't in it. Right. So that's what I would want. I want him. And I hope at some point after everything that's, uh, transpired here of recent uh, recently too that we we actually one day get a vulnerable transparent version of because i think it would be extremely powerful and and this for me would be the opportunity the breakfast club the detention breakfast club center. detention mm-hmm. and in a whole could, day he could change people's lives in the, in that moment all right uh who do you guys got for athletes i think this is a good one and it, and, and ironically enough today's his 45th birthday yeah i think peyton manning would be a great hang you saw you see him in the um in his ESPN Plus show, he's having a lot of fun doing that. Uh, we've known he Saturday Night Live, obviously. Uh, the golf match with Tiger and, and Brady, that was super fun. Just big personality. We know Peyton likes to throw some back, and I think it, that would just be a really fun Saturday hang with Peyton. I, I'm putting this out there right now, everybody, okay? And I, I texted him and Charles after the last match. I said, the next one that comes up, Peyton and I have to play each other. You got the Hall of Famer and the bust. All right. That that is that's ratings gold, people. Oh, and I, I think I beat I think, him. I think you got him, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, now he's he's a member at Augusta. That's so he's true. That's I mean true. let's see if we can I don't him. ever want to put Peyton Manning down because I know he's a member at Augusta. And there's gonna be one point that he's just like he's gonna feel some pity for me and he'll just be like Leaf, me and uh Eli and Dad are gonna head down uh, <laughs> head down to Augusta. Cooper couldn't make it. Can you get on? Can you get yeah, on a plane? I'm like, I'm getting married tomorrow, but screw it. Yeah, sure, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> she'll understand. Yeah. It's that's Augusta. a great question. Would you cancel your wedding <laughs> to play at Augusta? To play Augusta? Oh. Any any woman who is willing to marry me will know that going in. Okay. Right. That that will be that's like a prerequisite. It's a prerequisite. She'll she'll be like, okay, if the call comes to go to Augusta to play golf, I understand clearly that you will go and all the down payments and the dress and everything. I said, we can do that anytime, babe. You get married at Amen <laughs> Corner. Get married anytime. Anytime. Yeah. Anywhere. Anywhere. You get married at Amen Corner. Maybe they'll let us get married in the Azaleas. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. Maybe we can do that. Like, you know, you get married like on the bridge. What is you it? The Hogan Bridge? On the Hogan, on the Hogan bridge. bridge? Yes. You're in. Perfect. We're going we're to talk to uh, uh, Rick Buecher when we come back, a little NBA talk. Uh, and then we're going to get into the other few categories there, musician, broadcaster, and our tweet of the day from our, our man, Chris Brockman. Um It'll be interesting to see what musician and broadcaster. Um, yeah, yeah. I still got. I got to think about. I got to think about the actor too. Yeah, we haven't got your actor yet. I've seen some people good. Like we play that old clip of Jeff Bridges. Mm-hmm. Jeff Bridges seems like he's a super fun hang too. I mean, there some. Come on. I know, but we had too many, too many. Like Matt Damon and like uh, I don't know. It's, it's a hard question. Too it's many a great question. It's, it's, it's a great question. Well, you're listening to the Rich Eisen show on Westwood One. We'll be back here in a little bit, and we'll talk with Rick Buecher. I'm Ryan Lee, filling in for Rich.